Hey, welcome once again. It is the first podcast of a brand new year. We've made it to 2020. This is Rapid Fire Sports. Uh, we would have been here last week. I was in town, uh, but the last time I checked on our co-host here, he was in, you were in Pittsburgh, in New Jersey, back to Pittsburgh, and you finally made it back home, and I'm glad you're back. Yeah, you know, family's important, Troy, and it's it good is. to be able to spend some time with family. Missing you was one of the bigger regrets I had, that I couldn't be able to see you. Um, luckily, I have a cardboard cutout of you that I'm able to take home with me, uh, so I did, and showed my friends and my family. Uh, you actually sat down at the dinner table with us as well, Aww. too. You didn't know that, but you were you're there. You're a sweetheart, Thank aren't you. you? And you got a new Ghostbusters uh, piece oh, right over there. We yeah, should have probably uh, shown I that. put that out there, but yeah, new brand new Ghostbuster piece, uh, just like every brick and mortar most stores are going out of business so what in this store right now everything was 50 percent off wow. originally 80 got it for 40 what a hell of a deal and that's a good way to start 2020 is getting a good deal can't beat your, that with a stick and they're not toys they are no, figurines action figures, action figures. Mm-hmm. so hey by the way with a brand new year uh with this is actually while we're recording this today this is new year's day uh, we're watching one of the bowl games right now, the Citrus Bowl, Michigan losing again. But why would I be surprised by that? We're going to talk a little college football today. Uh, we are still, if I'm not mistaken, 12 days away from the national championship. That's not until the 13th. Uh, so we got a ways to go on that. But we might touch on that again today. It is a grab bag day again today. Uh, for those of you that know a little bit about what we do in our, our sports podcast, we talk about everything in the world of sports. That does include wrestling, which I did watch a little bit this past week. I'll tell you what, uh, there's a couple of guys on there that deserve a really good butt kick, and we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit as well, I'm sure. Okay, you ready? Ready. Let's do this. Uh, so uh, what we do is we have different subjects that we picked out. Uh, I picked out four today. You picked out three. Uh, I only get the extra one just in case we run out of time. Does that sound good? Sounds good, man. So what happens, you draw one, and then I'll draw one. Is You draw your question, ask me the question, yeah. right? And luckily enough, this week you went with your questions in pink, so I can't get mine mixed up with yours. Yes, I went should with I, Should I pick first and ask you the question? Yeah, you pick first and, and ask, ask me the question, and then we'll, uh, we'll take all the... Let's ex- get started. We're two minutes and 15 seconds in. First question of the day. Troy. Yes. What does 2020 have in store for these two athletes? Antonio Brown and LeBron James. Oh, yeah. Antonio Brown's an easy one. He'll remain unemployed because nobody wants to have anything to do with Antonio Brown. Plus, he has a new girlfriend, I understand. That'll keep him busy. But he's going nowhere. Nobody wants him. If they wanted him by now, they would have. In fact, who was the last team? The Saints tried him out. He Saints. recently said that he believed it was a farce. The tryout wasn't a real tryout. Um, of course. And then he's been talking smack about former teammates recently again. Yeah. So All right. So he's an easy one. Antonio Brown's career is done unless he goes and plays in the XFL or plays in an arena football league, but he's done in the National Football yeah. League. Nobody wants to take a chance. Now, as far as LeBron James goes, um, he's getting close to the end of his career. I think that if he were to win an NBA championship this year, I think he might think about hanging things up. You don't think he's going to see the end of the contract? Uh, well, certainly, but I'm, I'm, I'm just to the point now where I think that if he gets a championship now, why go any further and why think about his legacy after an NBA championship where you can go out on top and remain as one of the great players of all time and not be one of those guys that plays too long and then ends up seeing his numbers go down and his legacy tarnished a little bit at the end of his career. But I wouldn't say this is the same scenario. Let's say he does get it this year. He's nowhere close to what Jordan was at the time Jordan was going to the Wizards and playing at the end of his career there. Right. Uh, I, I think he is a very egotistical player, which makes him one of the better players in the world because he 
cares about how he does. He's, he's very confident, very cocky. Uh, I don't see him until he truly feels like he's getting separation away from the Kobe's and the Jordans that he's known as the best basketball player of all time. I think he really wants to be seen as that. I think he also wants to have a chance to play with his son. I think that's why you've seen him on the, the, the circuit so much watching his kid play. I think he want to have those opportunities where he has a chance to play with his kid sometime in the NBA. Okay, well, his kid is what year in high school? Uh, Youngster. Okay, he's yeah. a young kid. That would take a long time for him because he's not he's – not, as good as his dad, okay? I mean, bottom line is he didn't even start for his team, from what I understand, on the high school team. So I think that would be a stretch to want to play with your son. I think the best thing for him to do at some point, again, is think about watching his son play and being more of a guiding force for him as he's continuing, because he's not going to be a one-and-done guy in college. When he goes to college, he may not even go to a power conference to play I don't know what that situation but he doesn't appear to be the same type of player that his dad is I think the best thing for him to do if he wants to watch he can watch his son but he's not going to play with his son there's no way that's going to happen never know man you have a better chance of me being in the NBA tomorrow than his son and those two playing together he'd be way too old think about another let's go back to the tape by the way I'll, I'll take you on that bet on that, which one that LeBron plays with his son before you make it to the NBA I will <laughs> I will take you on that bet uh, and you've heard it here today. Uh, he's Probably much better, yes. But I think by the you think if you got another four years, how old is LeBron right now? Thirty six? Is he thirty five? Thirty six? Because he's, younger, he's uh, I think he's thirty. Oh, if he's in his, if he's in his, I think he's thirty four. Oh, if he's thirty four, add another four years to it. You're thirty eight years old. It is a young man's league. There's no doubt about it. Guys in his at his age, if you're going to be thirty eight, thirty nine years old. There's no way. There is no way he can compete at a level that he wanted, would want to compete at. I just don't see that happening. Okay, you ready? Yep, your turn. All right, first question out of the gate for 220 for yours truly as we continue to dissect the world of sports, as most people don't know how, but we do. So let's take a look at my question. It is, oh, and here we go. Speaking of LeBron. As you know, he was recently named by the Associated Press the Athlete of the Decade. I want to know, do you agree with that, yes or no? I'd have to have seen who else was on that list with him. I would say right now he probably is damn well close to being up there if he's not the one. Um, He uh, transcended what he did coming out of high school. Um, It's really tough as you look at players that have came out of high school before, the Kwame Browns and the other ones that haven't been so successful to really come in and, and truly dominate like he has. And he's dominated pretty much every year. He's still dominating, as we said, into his mid to upper 30s right now. I think he's one of the best players of all time. To say what he's been able to do uh, through this decade, uh, going to Miami, winning there, then going back to Cleveland, winning there, going to L.A. now, um, starting this decade with probably had a good chance to win again. I, I would say he should be in consideration for it, if not be one of those people. Okay, I agree one of those. But I don't know how you could take Tom Brady out of that equation. Now, I don't understand what they mean exactly by the athlete of the decade. Uh, I don't know what the criteria is. I don't know if the if because Tom Brady's not an athlete. Okay, I mean he's an athlete, but he's not an athlete. He would not be in the same realm of athlete as you would put a LeBron James or those guys. So I'm assuming they're talking about somebody who has made a contribution to their sport or to sports in general. But how could you say that Tom Brady wouldn't be more of the 
athlete of the decade. When you look at the last 10 years of what he has been able to do with one organization, not jumping around from here to here to here like they do nowadays, but with one organization winning that many Super Bowls in a 10-year period. Yeah, I would say both are not easy. Staying in one franchise and continuing to win, and then also moving to other franchises where you're going there and trying to get other people to join you to help you be successful there. I think both are really tough challenges. I think Tom Brady for sure deserves to be in consideration for that, but you're splitting hairs on really, you know, who's the best of the best. There's no no really consideration of what you can say because you can't compare sport to sport because they're different sports in that part. If it was player to player in the same league, you might be able to do it that part. I, I think Tom, it should be in consideration as well too. Tom Hell, the early 2000s, Tom Brady was up there as well too for yeah. the player that decade as well. So this tells you how good he's been able to do it for as long as he has to be in consideration for that. All right. Well, I'm going to say one other thing about what we do with these AP of the Year awards and these AP award decade stuff. I don't like it anymore. I don't like the comparisons, and everybody does it in sports these days because we certainly got to have something filler and all that stuff. I think when you're talking about a different sport, let's football, you have 11 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense, and they change so much. Uh, the in, in basketball, you have what 13 guys on a roster, 12 guys on a roster, things change so much. I get tired of trying to compare why we try to compare everything. Why do we have to compare a Tom Brady to this guy over here? This guy. Why do we have to compare LeBron James and Michael Jordan and all these other guys when they're different eras and different basketball players and play different positions? And in basketball, you, they always talked about who was the greatest player of all time. Those, what about Bill Russell? What about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? What about LeBron James and Michael Jordan? But they all play different eras and different positions. I think it's, too, it's not fair to everybody to keep doing that and try to put everybody in one category when it's too spread out. But the reason why you and I are doing something like we're doing right now is because of these what our culture and what our people love is. If you love sports, you always want to compare. You know, was the 27 Yankees better than, you know, the, the 1996 Yankees or whatever it might be, you know, and you look at all those teams and, and you want to have those comparisons and kind of say things because I can't look back and, and say, you know, what it was like to watch Bill Russell play live because I wasn't born at that point to see it. I was growing up watching Michael Jordan dominate there. So I've had a chance to see Jordan, have a chance to see Brian, have a chance to see uh, um, LeBron. And, and I'll tell you right now, to me, no one dominated as much as Michael Jordan on both ends of the court. And I don't think we'll ever see that again. But that's why you have these arguments because a younger player right now or a younger kid who's watching it right now who only saw a film of Jordan and didn't see him play live is going to say, no, LeBron James is a 6'8 monster that Jordan could never stop. Well, it could be true, but in the NBA back then, they didn't have six, eight guys handling the basketball. That guy would have been a power forward that would have been stuck underneath the block and not doing anything. So you're right. You really can't compare it, but I think it makes it fun to say, really, if you were to be able to say, if all these players played in the same era, how would it work out and who would have been the best? And here's my argument with that, okay, which I understand. Everybody wants to argue, and that's what sports is all about. We can throw out everything we want. Less teams back when the Yankees were playing, we used to talk about comparing the 27 Yankees to the whatever Yankees of, of present. But the problem was back then there weren't as many players. I think you got the best of the best of what they had today. I think baseball and a lot of these other sports are watered down because you have to, what, you have 30, how many teams in baseball, and you got to fill all these rosters. You can't tell me there's enough good, good, good talent 
to say that what you have today is the same as maybe it was back then when they just didn't have enough teams back then. Yeah, we're going off a totally different, but I totally disagree with you on that because if Babe Ruth is playing the same teams over and over again, he's going to have truly new scout, the same scouts and those pitchers he's going to see over and over again because those guys he'll have seen in a season multiple more times as opposed to baseball right now where you've got a young guy coming up every single day in Major League Baseball and throwing 100 plus and you really don't know what you're going to see and how you see him because you've never seen those guys before. So I would say it's much more difficult now than it was then and what you're able to do. But that's much more difficult to play the game today than it was back in the 20s and such. Again, I'm I'm one of the true believers that if Babe Ruth was playing in this era right now, Babe Ruth would not be successful as a hitter. I still think he could probably be a good pitcher, but I don't think he'd be able to compete offensively with what the rigors of what Major League Baseball requires players to do right now and what it required then. I don't believe he would be as good as a hitter as he was then. He'd still be able to hit maybe a bit. As a left-handed pitcher, I think he would definitely have gotten an opportunity. But as a hitter, I don't think he would have been able to make it in this decade. And that's why it's so hard to compare and make comparisons because so much has changed. We had a dead ball era back about the time Babe Ruth was playing where nothing got over the fence, it seemed like. And you look at all the numbers now, you've got guys hitting 30, 35 home runs, and it's not a big deal. And I remember growing up thinking 30, 35 home runs. And if you got 50 like George Foster did in 77, I remember that really well. I'm thinking, wow. But nowadays, 30 is not a big deal. Bad pitching. The baseball is what it, ballparks. and of course you get yeah smaller ballparks. That's another consideration. So there's a lot of things going into it that I think it'd be hard to do. Okay, let's go next. But by the way, Tom Brady ought to be named the athlete of the decade. Would disagree with you. All right. So let's speak of this then. Uh, give me just speaking of 2019 though. Give me the 2019 wrestler of the year. Who do you think? Had the best year in 2019. And now you can wow. tell him so we don't have these conversations because he probably has to go deep into the uh, the doldrums of his well, brain to kind of think who's had he's, he's heard the most of this year. Well, I would be like one of those people that would have to almost say, you know what, I don't really know because I, I didn't really watch much wrestling up until we started this podcast. So it would be hard for me to judge anybody because we didn't start this till like, what, September in that area? So I missed a good, you know, nine months of wrestling. So in the nine months that you've watched, who who has stood out to you on either any of the programs you've seen? Who do you think has gotten the biggest push, maybe, or the person that you've seen they throw out there the most, in your opinion? Well, you know, that's a really good question uh, because I didn't watch consistently enough to get an impact. That's it's hard (laughs) for me to do that. I mean, you watch all the time and you you probably have a little more of an idea than I do. Uh, It would I could probably have to recuse myself because I just don't know enough of here in the last few months. uh, My job is your partner and your co-host on here. I need to do a better job of getting you educated on that. Thank you. Involved in there. So if you're asking me, uh, I'm going to ask you then. Yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, the guy who really stood out to me the most is Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, who has reinvented himself every single time he's done something new when he's taken a little break, either with his band or has been injured, coming back and what he's been able to do to uh, at least put AEW on the map um, to get them where they're on a major network. Uh, that wouldn't be the case if a, play, if a wrestler named Chris Jericho wasn't there because they wouldn't have had the star power to be able to get that network to sign them up on that part. Yeah. Um, I think he's had the best year now. AEW struggled a little bit here ratings-wise recently. Uh, they're still doing pretty good overall what their expectations were, but they're losing to NXT. If you were looking at WWE, I would say AJ Styles had a really big year this year. You also can't you know look past Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is basically my 
opinion, the Stone Cold Steve Austin of our generation right now, and especially of the female uh, wrestlers out there. Uh, so I think she's had one of the biggest years ever, um, and I think hers is a natural push. It's not something where the uh, authority are pushing out there and try to shove it down our throats about this is a person you want to like, we want you to like them, kind of like what they did with Roman Reigns. Not a big Roman Reigns fan. Becky Lynch, I think, did this on her own. She got her own groundswell of people and interest there, uh, really came to a gimmick that, again, she's going as the man, and yeah. it's really come off really big for her. So when I went most recently this past week, uh, I was in uh, Pittsburgh, watched a WWE live event there, and Becky Lynch was there, and I would say the biggest pop of the night, and for you who's not much of a wrestling fan, pop is the biggest crowd reaction of the night was for Becky Lynch there. So mm. I, I think she would be up there in consideration for Wrestler of the Year. Okay, help me on the late. Who's the guy? It's not Roman Reigns, but his former partner, one of his partners. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Yeah. Now, Seth Rollins is doing a nice thing right now. He's going out and taking those two thugs with him, beating people up. I like that part. The thing with that, though, is that, that to me is more, uh, again, that's more of writers writing into what it is. It's not as natural as what it could be. I do think yeah. it could go out to be something good, uh, but right now I would say I've got to see a little bit more of that storyline. But the AOP, who is his thugs that are joining him, uh, do bring a little bit of muscle there. I like to see that. And Kevin Owens gets beat up every single week. Okay. And why does Kevin Owens do that and invites those guys down to the ring every time and the same result happens, though he did get a little help this past week, I noticed. See, there you go. I did watch a yeah, little bit. Who came out with that? Remember what his name was? Remember uh, Samoa Joe? Was it Samoa Joe? It was a Samoa, Samoa Joe, Joe, yeah. But then Samoa Joe got his butt kicked in that whole thing, too. But why does Kevin Owens do that every week where he invites those guys? He knows what's going to happen. Three on one, you're not going to win, and he gets his butt kicked again. Because he's kind of become super babyface. And what does a super babyface do? What does a superhero do? A superhero believes they can take on anybody in any scenario, any time that they need to. They're the hero. And if they get beat up, they're only going to get those fans behind them even more. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And so that's what they're doing right now with KO, man. They're trying to build him up, get that baby face. I don't care if you come in here beating me up today. One of these days I'm going to get you. That's what, what he said there. And, yeah. you know, again, it's going to get the fans behind him because one of these days he is going to get it done. And the pop for that could be good. He's not going to do it by himself, though. Somebody's going to have to help him. Okay. And you know what makes you do it right now? You're talking about, I wonder who that person's going to be. Is it yeah. going to be Samoa Joe? Be? It's going to be somebody else. I'm going to be turning to watch. i got to make sure I see it. It's got to be Samoa Joe because he got drilled that one day. They, they picked him up and slammed him down on the on the announcer's desk. And Samoa said something like, you better do this or I'm going to break yeah. it. Whatever. But it didn't happen. So... I think that uh, those guys, especially Kevin Owens, better think twice before he invites him out again. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So, oh, all right. So you, you covered your tracks. I did right cover them, that very well. Thank oh, you. This oh, this is mine. Here we go. Oh. Uh, we have another question here in the grab bag as we have come back in 2020 in a strong nature. And I see my Wolverines are still losing as way, we speak. Did you see who just died? No. Uh, David Stern. Oh, did he? Yeah. I knew he was sick. Yeah, but I didn't see that. This is this is news, live news right now coming to you. Wow. That's here big. on Rapid Fire Sports. David Stern did a lot for the NBA. All right, I'm going to ask you right now. We'll talk more about this next week. If you're picking early, do you like Clemson or do you like LSU? Uh, I think I am, as a Buckeye fan, uh, I will tell you that these are the two teams that should be playing in this game. Uh, I do believe Clemson and LSU. From what I saw of Clemson, I don't really watch much of them before what I watched uh, this past week, watching Tyler Lawrence play quarterback and, and seeing what he can do and trying to be a defender and stopping that. Um, I definitely think if you ask me between the two of those who's going to project better in the NFL, I think it's going to be Lawrence more so than Burrow because 
I don't know how well he's going to move in the pocket as much as what Lawrence can do, uh, especially with the NFL right now. But if you're asking me who's going to win that game, I'm going to take Clemson over LSU. Uh, a little bit of surprise right there. Clemson has been um, kind of thrown underneath the rug this year, not getting a lot of respect on there, but they've got playmakers, man. And again, yeah. you got to be the man, you got to beat the man, and they're the reigning champs right there. All right, so uh, LSU, you, I take it then you were not totally impressed by their pounding of Oklahoma. It's happened before. I mean, Ohio State, I think, did the same exact thing in the championship or the uh, semifinals a few years back as well, too. That's one game. And we all know, and we everybody, I mean, every fan knows that Oklahoma should not have been in that tournament right there. They shouldn't have been. They, they, they do have some players there, but the conference they played in was very weak, and you saw their defense, which was yeah. the best defense in that conference, got destroyed in a national championship or in a semifinal game. So I don't know if you really can compare what LSU saw in playing Oklahoma and what Clemson saw in playing Ohio State. Okay, so we need to break this down, and we'll do it more next week, I'm sure. But LSU then, probably not as good as they looked against a bad defense for Oklahoma. And for Clemson, got behind early, managed to certainly play through some early problems and and beat an Ohio State team, which I still, even though Clemson won that game, I still thought Ohio State was was the best team in the country. And I don't know what it was. When they got out to the big lead, or at least a decent lead, what it was, if it was Clemson making the, the biggest statement of all, or there was a couple of calls in there, too, that, of course, again, it happens in all mm-hmm. sports, that they thought they didn't uh, get that benefit of the call, and Coach Day said that afterwards. But I'm my, my jury's still out on LSU. I mean, I, I just don't know that they're as good as they showed against Oklahoma. Well, a couple of things. When Ohio State scores and they get back up in the lead right there, and then Clemson comes down, I think it was maybe four or five plays, they score themselves. When we're trying to, Ohio State's talking about, got to keep them out of field goal range because you're only up by two. And why did Ryan Day go for one? So what are you going to go for two? And then you're up by three or whatever it could be. You should not, if you're that good as Ohio State is and defense is what led them, where was Chase Young, by the way? Right. Where was he? Yeah. And you're talking about being the number one pick overall. you got to be there. And I understand they're double-teaming him, but you still have to make sure your presence is felt yeah. that if you're on that defense and another, there's a bunch of first-round picks supposed to be on that defense with them. Where were they? They scored yeah. down in four or five plays. And the same thing with Fields. Okay, yeah. Fields had one interception for the whole season going into that game and had two yeah. already. I mean, so it tells you that Maybe he was not as good as what we saw throughout the year as well, too. So I was disappointed in that part of Ohio State, which I thought was very good as well, too. If you're the best team in the country, you can't give up a touchdown like that. And your quarterback can't look the way he looked in that game. Dobbins looked great to me. Dobbins was... Yeah. It looks like he's the best player they have. Yeah, well, he's on his way to the NFL now. So, And I'll be curious to know uh, between now and next week, do any of these guys that, and I'm sure they're not going to, but as, as Nick Saban said, unless you're a top 15 draft pick, you ought to be playing in these bowl games. Has anybody in these two teams decided not to play in the national championship because they're going to the NFL and could be a top 15 pick? I haven't, I haven't seen I haven't that. Heard that I, honestly, I thought it's been less of hearing that this year than I saw in the years past. I think that... Uh, they're probably squashing that a little bit there in the colleges that they're doing that, like the Bosa not playing in any years past for yeah. Ohio State. Um, you know, we're watching the Alabama game right now, and Jerry Judy, the receiver for Alabama, is a top 10 pick right there. And this game means nothing other than a Citrus Bowl championship, and he's playing in that game. So yeah. I think it really comes from the top down and what you allow your players to do. And to me, if you're really invested as a player, you can't sit out. Yeah, and, and, and one more thing about that is is I hate that – you, you go to battle with these guys. You know this as well as anybody when you play a sporting event that if you battle all year long, 
How do you feel about almost abandoning your teammates right when they need you the most? And Guy made a good point today. You're less likely to get hurt in one of these games than you would be maybe even working out because in bottom line, you've competed all year long. Why would you, why would you leave them behind? I agree. I mean, like to me, it's like, why would you in the biggest game in a, in a championship game or a big time bowl game like this, would you rather sit out and miss that opportunity as opposed to playing the OU game or the middle Tennessee state game in the beginning yeah. of the year that doesn't mean anything where you have another chance to leave that university uh, with some special, you know, championships. Yeah, and, and the memories, too. Hey, it's something you'll never get back. Well, we'll talk more about that game next week. All right, we have another subject for us, but uh, Clemson, LSU. Get you going here. Get you going here. All right, let's go here. All right, uh, give me the biggest sports headline from 2019. Biggest sports headline from 2019. Boy, you really go back on these, don't you? I do. Um, well, this is our year-end recap. I know. It's the start of 2020, brother. You should have been prepared. I know. Well, I wasn't prepared for that question. Yeah, and this is what we do, grab bag. You don't know what's coming. <laughs> I don't know we what's coming. I make this guy think on his toes. Mm. What was the biggest thing of 2019? Well, in the NFL, uh, well, that might have been with the Patriots winning that championship. They did win it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the NBA... I don't think there's anything happened in Major League Baseball. Of course, the Yankees almost bought a championship. I may be having a fit about that last time. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think that, it, and, and of course, I don't pay much attention in the NHL, uh, college. On the month, there's got to be something on your mind somewhere in here. You want to ask this question. No, I, I, um, want to, I mean, you're the pro. You're the sports lord. So yeah, I but the there's sports so lord. many things that go on. So when between... your opinion, it's your opinion, man. What do you think? You got Tom Brady? What do you got? Well, I'm, I'll, you know, winning that championship again for them when a lot of people didn't think they would is probably big. But I think Major League Baseball for me and watching all of the home runs and just – I don't know if that was big for me or if that was a farce for me because it made me upset to think that we have all these power hitters out there hitting home runs when I know the ball was either smaller or tighter or whatever you want to call it. And it just, I didn't like that part of it. So I think that would be one big thing that stood out for me besides Brady winning another championship, which would be his number six. Um, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to, oh, t- uh, Tiger Woods. Uh, coming back to win a major finally after his struggles would probably be up there as well. Those are some that I would think of, yeah. yeah I mean, I think uh, the baseball one is a pretty interesting topic to have there. Now, have you had a chance to ever look at the ratings this past year? With with the supposed tighter baseball and more home runs, did ratings go up? How I have not see seen that? that at all, but I never I never did look, no. no I mean, I, people were definitely talking more about baseball this year because yeah. of it. I just don't know if they saw that action on the TV rating side of things. But then you turn around and then you, but you change the format you might say by going with the regular baseballs in the playoffs and it hurts your Yankees because you couldn't you know hit those little dinghies out of that small ballpark you guys play in so they changed it for the playoffs I know you get a little emotional about those Yankees mm. <laughs> did you see the fit he threw in our last show last year that's why we had to have that break in between there <laughs> I just I just didn't like the change you go from one thing to another. You get people excited about the, the regular season in a gimmick type of way. Uh, it was well known that the baseballs were tighter or they were smaller or they, whatever the case may be. And then you changed it for the playoffs. I just think that was a little hokey, in, yeah, in my hey, opinion. Well, so. I appreciate that and bringing that to the table. Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't talk about your Yankees. I love that show at the end of it, just watching you have <laughs> So never, ever... Say that the Yankees buy championships 
uh, like they did this year. Not the, not this year, but maybe next year with the Cole signing with the Yankees. Okay, here is another one. This is on a uh, post-it note, by the I way. I can sell. It's very secure. All right, next question is, what was the biggest disappointment of this past NFL season? If there was a disappointing team, yeah. was there a disappointing... Easy, easy. and actually just, there's a big article on ESPN right now talking about it, was the uh, L.A. Rams. Really? And the L.A. Rams and the money they've given for Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. And <laughs> Gurley's not going to get better. He's yeah. getting older, and he's not gonna, that money ain't going anywhere. And Jared Goff, I, I mean, I, my Raiders, I just threw the stat at the Troy, you know, the... The Derek Carr got a big contract. He was the highest paid quarterback at the time in the NFL when he got his contract, and yeah. you know, he's been an okay quarterback. hasn't really done the win side of things, but um, you know you look at the same thing with Goff, and you look at Carson Wentz is getting killed in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Dak Prescott is he worth the money? Um, you really don't know. And as soon as you have something, and, and before they get too big, you got to sign those players. I think that's what the Raiders did. I think that's what the Eagles did. I think that's what the Rams have done now with Jared Goff. Because as soon as you they get really really big, then you might outprice yourself into something else that you can get there. So I think with the signings of Gurley and the re-signings of Gurley and with Goff and in that division to say San Francisco goes from the number one pick in the NFL draft because they were one of the worst teams last year to making it as the number one seed. Yeah. In the NFC, that's when you got past that big, and then Seattle passes you as well, too, in your own division. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, Arizona's probably got better young talent than what the Rams have as well, too. It's, you know, L.A. might need to be worried about that. So that's yeah. what I would think. I'd be the L.A. Rams. All right. Uh, Rams would be up there. But it's, uh, for me, when I look at Dallas at the beginning of the year, and you think of all the talent that they had. Of course, they went through that whole thing with Dak Prescott and the paying of, of everybody. But... I thought they had as good a talent as anybody in the National Football League at the beginning of the year. And I just thought that the way that they finished out this year, I mean, you look at what they had, the nine points on their road contest. I forget who they were playing. And then they come back and score 30-some in their next game. And then they'll go back down to nine in another game and back to 34. And why they didn't just go ahead and fire their head coach and make the change during the season and try to salvage something is way beyond me, I thought Dallas was a huge, huge disappointment. Uh, I would agree on some cases and also disagree. So I'd say right now, talent-wise, they have the most true talent there with Cooper, with Elliott, with Prescott. They're all still very good performing players, and they underperformed as a team to do that. When I look at the Rams, I look at Sean McVay. And now Sean McVay coming into this year was seen as what? A coaching genius. Right. Uh, you know, the next Bill Belichick. Well, with the players he had and what he had there, you would think that they'd at least be in the playoffs there. Why does Jason Garrett still have a job? He shouldn't have a job. Yeah. You, you think about the talent that they've had around there. If you put Sean McVay with that talent, it'd be the same expectations. Now, I think with McVay and what he did there, that's why I have them number one. I think the, the Cowboys have a lot of talent. I don't think they had on the coaching staff there. And I yeah. think Jason Garrett needs to be out. Um, I'm not a big fan of firing coaches in the middle of the year because then the guy who comes in the interim, if he does well and gets the playoff, and then you sign that guy who you've only got a small sample size. Freddie Kitchens. Freddie yeah. Kitchens is a perfect example. You know, he did great in the time being there, and, you know, they say, oh, we're going to give him the job, and, and he gets the job, and doesn't. To me, that's you got to show a little bit more than that. So I, I think by doing it this way, wash your hands of him, Jerry Jones. Get rid of him. Go get an Urban Meyer. Go get another college coach. Go get a retread of an NFL coach that can do it right then. Um, bring back Jerry Johnson. Jerry Johnson. Jerry Johnson. Jerry Johnson. Jerry Johnson. Uh, Jerry- Jimmy Johnson. Oh, Jimmy Johnson. Bring back Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy Bring back Jimmy. Jimmy. With, yeah. with Barry Switzer as an yeah. assistant coach. Well, the other thing is, and, I, and I'm curious to know, um, when a player makes a certain amount of money, 
I wonder, and if they win a championship, though Dallas has not, how much of the drive is out of that player uh, to be even better? Because you, you, you know, you think about you've played all these years. You, you know as well as I do. Some of these players end up, they do it because they're getting paid well. They don't do it because they necessarily want to anymore. But it is their livelihood. But how much drive is left in some of these guys? And I look at the the team like Dallas or the or the Rams themselves. They had some success last year. Didn't win a championship. But how much drive is gone? Well, to me, the Rams, uh, I just think they've overspent on, you know, they brought in the year before Dominican Sue, and they had all those issues with the quarterbacks they've had there. They've got a lot of big-name players going in there playing for big salaries that didn't perform there. The Cowboys, they just haven't done anything. So to say that those players like Elliott and Prescott are already, you know, overwhelmed and spent and they don't want to do it anymore, to me, that then that's And they're a little bit young, too. Yeah, I'd say they're a lot younger there. The Rams part, I just see them getting older, and I see them getting past. The Cowboys... To me, that's a disappointment just because I think they're in the worst division in football. I think with the Giants and Redskins, those were both dumpster fires, and I think the Eagles basically tried to give them the division, and the Cowboys couldn't take it. Yeah, and that what a bad division. We used to be one of the best divisions of all time, and now it's at the bottom of the And right now, here's the thing the Cowboys got to worry about. I think the Giants are going to get better as well, too, because they're going to have a good good draft pick. I think Daniel Jones was not a bad draft pick himself, and he obviously has Saquon Barkley back, so you're going to have some pretty tough guys to go up against there. The Redskins, I like the hiring of Ron Rivera. I think they're going to be better with that part. They also brought in now Jack Del Rio is going to be their defensive coordinator. I think that's a good pickup by them. So the opportunity they could have had this year might not be as easy next year. I'm going to ask you one last thing about that, and this is even at the collegiate level. And and I'll go back to the year you guys won the championship in 2017, and then you come to 2018, and you didn't have the, the same type of year that you did. Do you think players, even at the collegiate level, oh, we won a championship good enough, and and, the, and I'm talking about the older guys, Do you, sometimes they not have the same drive as they would have had they not won the championship a year ago? I think a lot of it has to do on the college side, a little bit different. You know, when we had that team, we had seven seniors. The next year, we only had two. Right. Uh, or four. So you had four seniors, and then this past year we graduated two. So I think when and then you look at a group and, and the college side of things, the more guys that are on their last opportunity ever to play, in my opinion, I see a better effort out of them because yeah. they know it's their last go round. The guys who maybe would have been more or played an injury off worse as a junior, as a senior, don't want to sit out those opportunities because they say this is my last go round. I can get through this part of things, or I'm going to play through it, whatever it might be. So I do see a little bit of a difference there. That 2017 team, just like anybody will tell you in sports, it's special, and yeah. it, stuff has to come together at the yeah. right time for the right things to happen. Um, you know, to be the last team standing in anything, if it's pro sports, college sports, whatever it is, high school sports, and a sectional, and then a state championship, you got to have a lot of things go your way to get there at the end there. So. So um, it just takes that special part, and and you need that person up in that part where I see the Cowboys. They need someone that's going to drive them. And a new voice is going to be important. Right now, when you look at Jason Garrett, to me, he's the the Jeff Fisher of coaching. He's the 8-8. You're guaranteed 8-8 with that guy. Go out and get something different. Go get an Urban Meyer. Make a little splash. Have him turn up the locker room a little bit and and see what happens. What do you got to lose at this point? Exactly. I have one last one. You want to do one more? Let's go. Let's do one more, and then we'll uh, be done for our first show of uh, 2020. It's going to be rapid fire. We've got to get this done in uh, a minute and a half. In a minute and a half. Okay. Uh, all right. If you were to, to predict right now 
who's going to win the AFC, who's going to win the NFC, who will be in the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, AFC is going to be Baltimore. Uh, I like them with the home field. I don't like the Patriots having to play on the road now, not with having home field advantage. So I'm going to go with Baltimore. Is going to win the AFC. In the NFC, it's going to be uh, the Packers. Packers, I, I've liked them this year. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a lot of uh, bullets left in his gun. I think that he's going to make sure that they're um, they're going to be ready to go. I think the hiring of Lafleur was what they needed as well, too. Kind of like the Mike McCarthy kind of got stale with McCarthy, bringing something different there. He's got a defense a little bit better for him, and he really hasn't had a defense like this since the last time he won a Super Bowl. So I'm going to go with the Packers. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Now, when's the last time we've had two number one seeds make it all the way to the Super Bowl? I have to figure that out before we get back next week. It's probably been a while, right? Where yeah, when you, and when you're looking at the number one seed of San Francisco, I love San Francisco, but I think they're a little bit too young in the spot that they're at right now to be able to do it. Um, so I think them. Well, see, the San Francisco is number one. Yeah, seed, they're so, the number one seed. Yeah, so I think it'd be very tough to see that. I, I, I think that they will, for some reason, like you said, their big turnaround. I'm still gonna. I'm gonna take the 49ers. It might be kind of a little bit of a gamble, but with being at home, I still think even though wild cards have a tendency to make it through there for some reason, I still think. And I'm gonna tell you on the other side. I know people are counting out New England right now. And and everybody's pointing to Baltimore. I think Baltimore's probably the favorite, but I'm not so sure New England wasn't playing a little possum down the stretch. I'm not saying they meant to lose to Miami, but that's a hard game to get up for. It's one of those trap games for me because you're looking at Miami, but Miami was playing pretty decent football down the stretch. If I'm not mistaken, were they not 4-4 four and four in their last eight games and then ended up knocking off New England? So they played better down the stretch, a lot of people thought. I think that was a game that was hard to get up for, but they'll be ready when the playoffs roll around. So you're telling me a hot 4-4 four and four Dolphins well, team you, is going to be listen, better than a Ravens team? You, well, no, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that you, you turn your back on Belichick, you turn your back on Brady, and the next thing you know, you're going to find yourself on the losing side of things. I agree. you got to beat them. They're the best team that we've they've seen in a long time. Thing is now, without them being at home, Gillette Stadium and, and playing Foxborough late in the season, as cold as it gets there, is a big difference of playing in the road, playing somewhere else. So I agree. Let's, let's see it happen. All right. All right. We'll see you next week. And, of course, uh, don't forget next week. Are we grab bagging again next week? I like it. We'll but grab- I'll make sure that you're prepping the wrestling Yeah, stuff. let me know a, bit, a, little more, a little ahead of time about the wrestling. And, and feel free to uh, reach out to Troy via email. If you've got any questions you'd like to see us ask as well, too, we'd love to get your comments uh, to be uh, joined in our segments here. Uh, it, we really do this for you, the fans. I mean, it wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. Uh, I can't thank the people enough that have uh, told us how much they like this podcast. I'm surprised everybody's listening to this, but <laughs> I appreciate that. And again, reach out to Troy uh, and ask any questions you might have so we can bring them to this week's question. And, the, and the, the nice thing about it is I never get invited to his house unless it has something to do with this podcast because I'm not allowed in these kind of neighborhoods. Yeah, correct. I've never been once invited to Troy's house. Troy's been in my house numerous times for multiple <laughs> gatherings, for wrestling parties and such I, things. I live Troy in a is, tough, tough neighborhood. You would survive there. I, I would love to try. You would never survive there. We'll see you next week right here on Rapid Fire Sports.